Hi, I'm Gali Cooks, and you're listening to Just Leading, where we're thinking differently about leadership within and beyond the Jewish world. All season, we've been talking to people who are leading through the complex challenges of today to understand how we can build a better future. It's been so interesting to learn about the different approaches to exercising leadership. Today, we want to leave you with one last conversation. I always wanted a more humane leadership experience. I always wanted an experience that didn't feel like I was overburdened. Having two leaders is so important for the sustainability of the leadership, and I think our work is much better. You just heard co-CEOs Monisha Kapila and Bianca Casanova-Anderson. Together, Monisha and Bianca lead ProInspire, a nonprofit that is all about activating social impact leaders to accelerate equity. They help hundreds of organizations with the ultimate goal of creating a more just and equitable society. Let's get right into it. Bianca Casanova-Anderson and Monisha Kapila, thank you so much for joining us. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're great. happy to be here with you. I have so many questions for you both. So I want to start really about how you got to where you are as co-CEOs of Pro Inspire. So Bianca, I'm super interested in how your experience as an educator influenced your leadership and if you could take us through your leadership journey. Yeah, well, I really started growing up in Dallas, Texas with the name Bianca Casanova Anderson and being teased a little bit, not knowing who I really was with my racial identity and my ethnicity, my family being from Panama and Cuba on my mother's side and from Texas on on my father's side and really having a complex racial identity is what led me to want to be a teacher. I remember those feelings of not feeling like I belonged and never wanting another child, especially another black girl to feel that way. And working as a teacher, I began to see that there was a different experience that children from maybe working class backgrounds, Black students, they were having a different educational experience than most middle class or their white counterparts. And that's what led me to leading a nonprofit in Dallas called the Center for Racial Justice and Education. We did a lot of trainings for teachers and parents, educators around issues of race and racism, but leading a nonprofit in the South as a Black woman, and trying to get people to talk about issues of race and racism were really hard. And I began to experience some of the ways that this nonprofit sector can feel really inhumane, just like one person doing it all by themselves. And I knew that very quickly I was going to burn out. And in fact, I did. So I decided that job was no longer for me. I wanted to create system change differently and was introduced to ProInspire's work. So met Monisha and the team, and I say, like, I just fell in love with the organization and with the mission. So that's really how I ended up here. You kind of alluded to this, but I wonder, as you were growing up, were there any role models or mentors that kind of steered you into that path? Yeah. So I had the privilege of going to a school in Dallas called St. Phillips. It was a Episcopal school, and it was you know, all Black teachers and surrounded in a really like a Black community. And we talk about how our ancestors had sacrificed to make our future bright. So I knew from a really young child that, yes, I was Black, and and that came with complexities living in the United States, but my Blackness was powerful. My Blackness was something that actually I I should embrace and, and be proud of. And 
And, and so that really shaped how I show up in the world and what I wanted to begin to be able to offer to other kids who were maybe going through a different educational experience and didn't quite feel like they belonged. I wanted them to know that it was the thing that they felt different. That thing that makes them feel different is actually what makes them powerful. Oh my God. Okay. Goosebumps all over. Wow. Okay. So Monisha, I'm wondering if you could also take us through your leadership journey, which seems to span some sectors, as I know you have some significant corporate experience and you were the founder of ProInspire. Yeah. It's so fun to do this with Bianca because we sometimes realize some shared experiences. I often say that my journey started with my childhood growing up as a first-generation immigrant in Flint, Michigan. My parents had immigrated from India. And growing up in Flint, I had the opportunity to be really involved in community organizations and nonprofits and other things that really supported me. So when I went off to the University of Michigan, I started to organize programs to have students working at nonprofits every week and really felt so connected to working in the nonprofit sector. At the same time, I was doing my undergrad in business. And so I was looking around and saying, you know, I don't see people who look like me at nonprofits and the entry-level pay is too low. And it felt like something that was really only open to people who had a lot of privilege. So I started in the business world, spent a few years in consulting. At the same time, my mom who had terminal breast cancer passed away. And so that was a wake-up call for me of, you know, what am I waiting for? Yes, I'm making a good living. And I was learning a lot in management consulting, but I wasn't doing work that was values aligned. And so I took a leave of absence. I went to India. This was in 2001 after a big earthquake in Gujarat. And I worked at a nonprofit. I was helping artisans who'd been impacted by the earthquake to rebuild their businesses and find new markets to sell them to. And I love the fact that I could take my business experience, but do it for something mission oriented. And so when I came back, I worked at another nonprofit And then I went to business school. And in business school, I was really thinking about this kind of intersection of business and nonprofit and social enterprise and believing that there's so much that can be done to lead to social change and it can come in many different forms. So it was constantly kind of going back and forth. And from each of these experiences, learned a lot that became part of the things that I was able to bring when I eventually decided to start Pro Inspire. And that kind of idea came. I was at a conference and was learning about, at that time, Bridgespan had published research on the nonprofit leadership deficit. And I remember sitting there thinking, well, there are so many things I've seen that could be done around this, about how we could expand talent pipelines. People like me who wanted to work in the nonprofit sector, but didn't see a way in. And so I spent six months talking to a lot of people while I was still working and exploring, and then decided to go and launch Pro Inspire. And really the focus of our work is around supporting individuals, organizations, and the sector to advance racial equity. Oh my God. Okay. Goosebumps there too. You both share the CEO role. I remember seeing the announcement, Bianca, I remember you being announced. I was like, is this succession? Like, okay, because that's smart. I get it. I totally get it. Like, let's be equals and then I'm out, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm wondering if you both can speak about why you made this decision, and then I really want to unpack how you all do it. 
Absolutely. So we started it as part of succession planning at Pro Inspire. In 2018, I had been with the organization for nine years and had a sabbatical and started to have the conversations of what would we need at Pro Inspire to be able to have a clear succession plan. And when we were hiring for directors, our board chair at the time, Isabel Moses, you know, really advised me to be thinking about who could take over your role when you're hiring. And when I met Bianca. I was like, I could go work for her. And Bianca started in January, 2020, which ended up being the most challenging year for me leading Pro Inspire because of the pandemic. My kids were home. My spouse works in hospitals. And and then the kind of racial justice awakening all of a sudden meant the demand for our work skyrocketed. And we had kept our team small through the pandemic because we weren't sure what was going to be the impact on our kind of budget. So all of a sudden we were dealing with so much interest and a small team and Bianca just led in such an amazing way. And as the board started to have some conversations about succession planning, we were talking about more traditional models. Like should we have Bianca become a chief program officer? And Isabel had worked with some co-director models and said, what about trying that at Pro Inspire? And I was like, I would love to do that. I don't know if Bianca would want to do that, you know, working with the founder in that way. And we started to have conversations and we both felt like this actually felt really right for the organization and right for the two of us. For me at that point, like feeling like this would be a new role for me and an opportunity for me to learn and think differently about my leadership. How am I sharing leadership in a new way? And so initially we really were presenting it to the board as part of succession planning. And the board said, when Monisha leaves, you can run this organization and you'll have our full support. And if you feel like you want a co-CEO model, then we'll work with that. And so now a year later, we are sort of saying, we think this should be a more permanent model that when I do leave in the next few years, there would be a pathway for another co-CEO. Yeah. From the beginning, I did share, you know, I think I would never want to do this alone (laughs) based on a past experience, which I'll share a little bit about. But I also appreciated the full support and we see you and we want to just honor you and your leadership and whatever that that may look like. So a little bit about how I entered into this conversation with Pro Inspire. In my last leadership experience, I really saw and in my work have seen that proximity, especially for me as a Black woman, but for those of us who come from communities that have been historically marginalized, when we do our nonprofit work, it's not just about a job. It's like, because I need my community, my outcomes need to change. So my desire to do this work comes from a place of purpose, not just career. And so that proximity though, to the issue or the community that's most impacted also creates a burden. I feel responsible and and a level of responsibility that for me as an individual leader of an organization, it felt very unsustainable because I wasn't able to have boundaries with my job. I wasn't able to really have balance in my work because so much of leading a nonprofit is being in the community, being connected, like going, going, going. And it contributed to then my life did not feel balanced. And I know now that part of my work in trying to create change is also changing me. 
It is deconstructing my like grind mentality. My worth is in my work. It's deconstructing that and saying, no, my worth is in my being. And, and I can actually have a full and balanced life and still be able to, to lead an organization. So leading with that perspective, I always wanted a more humane leadership experience. I always wanted an experience that didn't feel like I was overburdened with like having to kind of do it all. Cause I'm trying to let that black woman superhero, you can do it all over reliance on black people's labor. I'm trying to release that. And so in the partnership with Monisha and with our board, it has felt like we want to support you with releasing that. And how do we also deprogram ourselves as an, an organization that has been very reliant on the labor of women of color, right? A sector that has been very reliant on the labor of women of color. How do we actually start to create a more sustainable leadership experience? And to me, one way is by sharing the, the responsibility of leadership. So with this partnership, I feel like we both get to stand fully in our power and we get to share the responsibility that that holds, right? And that feels really good. Wow. Oh my God, that sounds really good. As a solo CEO, I'm kind of like incredibly envious. So how do you do it? How do you do it? What does that portfolio split look like? When we were first having these conversations, our HR partner facilitated a session with us to kind of do a division of responsibilities and literally go through all the things that as Solcio I had been holding and what would it look like to share those so that there was some clarity around what responsibilities each of us have, but also where we would need alignment because there were definitely some pieces in there where both of our names were on them. And the alignment part is really important. And I think a practice that has been supportive is at least every other week, we're spending two hours Friday morning. It's one of the things I look forward to. And it's just our time to talk through what are we noticing? What are the things that we are both working on together? The areas that we are responsible for, how do we share what's coming up in those? So we each are aware of what may have impacts on the organization. And I think a big learning for me is Bianca has really taught me and those to like how to slow down. Like as the founder and someone who's been doing this for a long time, I have worked at a pace of like, okay, this happened, let's move on it. And Bianca has really pushed me to say, well, let's pause and reflect on, you know, what is coming up. What might this mean about a practice we need or a policy we need to write down? And so I think that is also really important for the organization's sustainability that in this partnership, I may bring this kind of historical perspective, but she also brings this, well, what does this need to mean for how we do things going forward? Yeah, it is. It's, so I think our partnership is unique in that it is co-CEO. So first time for the organization to have a co-CEO model. And it's also founder and first CEO that is not founder, <laughs> right? So I do think it may look different, you know, when we have a set of co-CEOs who are neither Monisha or myself. So it may look a little different, but my hope is that we can create it to where it's just not a job that is so dependent on person. Because again, we're trying to share the leadership of pro-inspired to be very dependent on one particular individual, no matter how brilliant and amazing that individual may be, it's not really a sustainable job then. That's really what I'm trying to help us create is as an organization, how do we share the leadership of ProInspire so that it's not that more traditional ED model where it's like one charismatic leader. It's like, no, we have a vision for our organization and we lead it together. And that I think is 
easier on a piece of paper to like write down, oh, you do this, I do that, you do this, I do that. It doesn't always show up that way. So the two hour meeting, we we have to talk a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask about like the mechanics. How do you make this work? Now, we have an amazing coach. Brilliant. We we are resourced and supported in our partnership. And that really is what helps as well. Resourcing is really important as organizations look at this, that, you know, having two leaders in the CEO or executive director role, I think is so important for the sustainability of the leadership. And I think our work is much better. The way that we're able to support our team is much stronger and organizations have to be ready to make that investment because it may not be that you just have those two folks. You know, we definitely recommend having other roles that can take on some of the responsibilities so the co-CEOs can focus on what's needed. And one other nuance, I think, that we're noticing, but maybe didn't know ahead of time was what the difference it requires from the board of directors as well. Because for them, they now have two co-CEOs, right? Like, so it has to be from everyone, not just the two people in the position, because it does require something from the full team, the full organization. What advice would you give to leaders who are thinking about a more mindfully shared leadership model, especially in the C-suite? What advice would you give to leaders who want to go down the co-CEO road? Life is a lot more fun with other people than it is by myself. So if you think, you know, you might like it, I'd go for it. It does require communication. It tell Monisha often, I'm a single person and this is the longest relationship I've ever been in. (laughs) Like It just requires me to lean into some skills that I have not historically chosen to lean into, you know, but it's opening up some other, like, oh, well, maybe I could do this, you know? So it definitely feels like a chosen deep relationship. The other thing I would add, particularly if an organization goes down this path with someone who's been in the ED or as founder role, really the sort of self-awareness you need coming into it, which is that you are really going to share the responsibilities and share the power and that it's not just like a check the box. I think there's a lot of self-reflection that you have to do. And I know one of the things that came up when our board was you know, meeting with Bianca was, well, what if you have a strategic difference? of what you think. And that can be where there's challenges in this model. And because we were thinking about this also as succession as part of that, I said, well, if that happens, the board has to coach me to step back because really we want to be leaning into Bianca's vision for the organization. And so I think as we try to make this a more permanent model, we'll be exploring what do you do when you have those strategic differences and some of those pieces. So the ability to kind of navigate the conflict, as Bianca said, like like any long relationship, the, you know, where do you compromise? Where do you, how do you listen deeply? But I feel like our decisions are much better. I learn a lot from listening and you hear things in a different way when someone is kind of sharing that same role than when you are a CEO or ED and you have people who report into you giving you that feedback. So I think that we're going to see more of this model in the future. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, we are seeing a little bit more sophistication, definitely people who are frankly tired 
and want to not burn out because there is passion. They see that this is their calling and it's like, okay, what's more sustainable here? And can I get support for the ultra marathon kind of thing? How do you each personally tend to your inner well-being? What feeds your engine to keep going? I know for me, I moved to DC for, in January 2020. <laughs> and so we thought we would be going to the office. We, I saw a whole life happen. And so I had to really get clearer on what joy looks like for me, what a fulfilling and meaningful life could look like, even in my little pod with my dog, right? So going outside, being in nature, movement, just really allowing myself to have a more embodied leadership experience helps me to process what I may be going through, right? So like feeling things within my body, being outside, breath work, that definitely helps me to sustain myself. For me, I have two kids who are in elementary school, and I, I don't know if it's necessarily inner well-being, but there's a lot of peace that comes from just being with family, and there's a never-ending set of things you can be doing when you have kids at this age, but also creating space to not be doing. I don't work on the weekends and like to really use that time for myself or my family. And one of the things that I've been trying to focus on even more, I think particularly since we've moved to this COSEO model and tried to set more work boundaries for our staff is taking up things like swimming so that I am creating new ways of doing the inner work and also things that I haven't done in a long time. Beautiful, beautiful. That's wonderful. Well, you both are incredibly inspiring leaders. A lot of like just ripples of impact. So I just want to thank you both for unbelievable leadership and truly inspiring. Oh, thank you. This was such a fantastic conversation. Really appreciate it. Check out Monisha and Bianca's work at proinspire.org. Thank you for tuning in to another season of Just Leading. We hope you felt as inspired and fortified by these conversations as we have. If you'd like to stay in the loop about what we're up to, you can follow our work through the Jews of Color Initiative at jewsofcolorinitiative.org, the SRE Network at srenetwork.org, and Leading Edge at leadingedge.org. Thanks again to the Harry and Jeanette Weinberg Foundation for their support in making this series possible, and to Wonder Media Network and Anna McLean for producing this season. 